This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's the food that you love so much you just want to share it with everybody? Like you would even hand it out for Halloween. 651-641-1071. That's the number to call on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. As you guys know, I give out the best treats on Halloween, and um, I have found the thing you, I'm going to give out this year. You don't give out treats. Treats, like when you say treats... I mean, I just think it's a bigger... I like to use that word. It means so many things. I mean, it doesn't mean treats, though. No, yeah. it can be a treat. Like, uh, you know... It, a uh, pencil is not a treat. I don't no. give out pencils, you guys. I give out Bubbles finger lasers. That is a treat. A treat is a Snickers bar. I give out uh, glider planes. That it's is a, a treat. treat. That is, is a treat. Play-Doh. It's is a treat. What a treat. Garbage Almond Island. Almond Joy is a tweet. Yeah, there's a seagull out there that's shooting lasers out of its mouth because it swallowed one of those Lucky? fingers lasers. Just imagine how popular that seagull is. I mean, I I appreciate your desire to do things differently. Um, what are we talking about well, this story for today? Other I than love the fact this. that we talk about it every year, but specifically today. Hidden Valley Ranch has released treat-sized po- packets of ranch <laughs> so that you can put Wait. that in people's <laughs> trick-or-treat bags. Like those salad dressing envelopes or like wh- like the dry powder? What are we talking about? It's No, it's the actual dressing in a small packet. It is a serving size, and it's got a jack-o'-lantern right in the front, so it's treat-sized ranch. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. It is... Uh, so you don't, you would never hand out candy, but you would hand out dressing. People love ranch. <laughs> people love Well, I ranch. will say at least you're finally admitting that, you know, something you eat is preferable on Halloween. People don't want your, you know, finger I might give blasters carrots or whatever with it. you call them. I might give carrots and this no, ranch. No, you're not giving carrots what on if Halloween. I did? People would revolt. Those sad, wet single serving bag you know, no, by the way I put I by put the way some, I package them up cute what they put water in that package of carrots on purpose that is nasty to keep them wet yes that's nasty well that's fine. nasty 651-641-1071 but what do you love so much you uh, would ranch. put it in <laughs> I can't Ranch. Do you not love ranch? I What's love ranch, you? but I, it's Halloween. It's like, I love burgers. You're not handing out burgers on Halloween. You hand what out candy. What if I did? Six, five, one, six, really, the question just is, like, what is the food that you yeah, would no, evangelize? I get it. I get it. 
Like, what do you love so much you want to gift it to people? 651-641-1071. I will say I did. I misread something. There's different information. Okay. Uh, Those packets of ranch dressing, you're going to have to give two if you want to give a kid an actual full serving. Because they only have a half ounce in each one of the packets. So it's like a fun size. You know, like when you (laughs) get... Also, fun size is a lie. It's never fun. No, because there's nothing fun about half an ounce of anything. Unless it's cocaine and we're not giving that to children. (laughs) I don't even know if a half ounce is a lot of cocaine. Neither do I. I find this to be... That's, to me, the saddest part of Halloween. Is that everything is marketed as fun size. (laughs) But it's not fun. That's mean. Yeah. Well, you market pencils as fun. That's not fun. I don't give out pencils. You guys always say I give out pencils. It's not fun. I've... No, that's true. I have given out pencils. Yes, you have. Okay, fine. Stop. Fine. Okay, but in a in a bunch of other okay, stuff. Okay, I would give out um, bacon because you there said you what's your food item? Yes. So that so would be my food item. You crisp up some bacon. You package it up and you drop it. In the, they would be no. It would be a, it would be a would nightmare. Be so happy. But I would evangelize bacon. But the kids would be happy. 651-641-1071. Let's go to our caller, Megan. We've had many callers. None of them actually wanted to talk. No, because they're like, <laughs> why is Stop. she talking about ranch? Megan, what is the food you love so much that you would evangelize it? You'd even drop it in the kids' Halloween bags. Chicago dogs from Portillo's or Italian beef from Portillo's? Okay. My that favorite. would land in a bag real now, I, Can I just say, I want this <laughs> trick-or-treat event where people just give you, you their favorite food. food? Bag. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you'd eat on the way. It would be like, you know, the state I, fair. Now, I would Halloween. be fine with that, like eating from house to house, but I don't want somebody to put a chili dog no, in a bag. No, it's like a progressive dinner, though. Yeah, Right? You just trick-or-treat, and you get something that you can walk away with and munch on. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> okay, wait, so say those again. A Chicago dog from Portillo's. Or an Italian beef from Portillo's. Okay. Or... Bradley, if you're if you're concerned about wet meat in a bag, yes. maybe we could say gift certificates from hey, Portillo's. Yeah, well, there you go. I love that idea. And also, don't you remember when we were kids, we used to get those in our bags uh, from McDonald's. We'd yes. get like a free fry. Or like coupon. Wendy's Frosties. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. Exactly. Thanks, Thank Megan. you for playing along. I will eat your Italian beef uh, oh. if you drop that in my trick-or-treat bag. I'm just saying. And her Chicago dog. Fine. Uh, yeah, just think of it more like a progressive dinner, right? Like if we did adult trick-or-treating, this is what it would look like. Yeah. Like you wouldn't go from door to door and But get I would have to map out my meal. Bars. You'd have to give me a heads up and I'd have to pick my location well, no, strategically. Like, it would be like Candyland. Like you go to like Appetizer Avenue. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I want to plan like so that I get my appetizer first, yeah. my salad. Salad Although, street. I, don't, I really would have to trust you to eat, mm-hmm. to go to some stranger's house and eat salad. I well, don't know then maybe their hands. maybe we're skipping that yeah. uh, on but, the map. But then you get your burger, and then maybe yes. a side burger dish. Boulevard. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like Candyland. It's adult trick or treating. Let's go to Maria. Hi, Maria. Maria, what's the food you love so much? You drop it right in somebody <laughs> in somebody's Halloween I mean, bag. Chicken wild rice soup and a little Tupperware. Oh, I love it. Chicken wild rice soup. Will it come with a spoon? Well, yeah, but a plastic one. None of those weird cardboardy. Things. Thank you. Yeah. Nobody needs that. No weird cardboard. Oh. For chicken. Sure. Where's your favorite chicken wild rice soup from? My kitchen. I love it. Homemade, Maria. I will trick yeah. or treat at your house. Thank you. Just some oyster crackers. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Just sprinkle those. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Emily. Hello, Emily. Emily. 
What is the food you love so much that you would hand it out trick-or-treating? So growing up, we had the people that owned Kemp's ice cream in our neighborhood, and they gave out fudgesicles. So I would totally give out fudgesicles. See? Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Also, I would rather have a conversation about where the fudgesicles went. Well... You always knew who didn't live in the neighborhood because they were coming to your house desperately eating their fudgesicle because all the neighborhood kids went there last. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, they, knew. they knew. That's smart. Yeah. It's like dessert for the they, dessert. Yes, it was the best thing ever. Oh, my I gosh. Emily, thank you so much for your call. And um, thank you for the fudgesicle. So that she's over on dessert drive. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm here for fudge sickles. See, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We have a name for them. That name is. D-bags. We'll talk no, about no, them. No, no. Oh, I'm just not kidding. It. What are we doing next? Because yeah. it doesn't look right. Oh yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out what we're doing next, and we'll do it after this on my talk one oh seven one. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. Um, so, uh, Bradley, there's a movie you've been looking forward to since like forever. Yes. It's coming out. It's been moved a few times, but it is officially it. coming out when? November? No, it's actually coming out in October, October officially, but I think there's actually places you can see it now, or not now, but soon. Okay, and Bradley, what is the name of that movie? Dune? Is it, though? What do you mean? Is that the name? Because yeah, Dune. Um, Frank or, Herbert's Dune. Mm, there's actually a conversation that is um, blossoming out of the name of that movie okay. that I didn't see coming. All right. Um, and what I'd like to share with you right now on the Colleen and Bradley show is some audio from a junket interview that an Australian uh, presenter did with the cast of Dune okay. asking that very question. Um, and this has actually been featured on The Nerdist. It's very nerdy. It's super nerdy. It's all about how we pronounce the name of the movie. All right. Okay, here we go. I'm actually kicking off all my interviews with a question that has no wrong answers. She's talking to Jason Momoa. How do you Momoa. pronounce the name of the movie? Okay, you're a Duna. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's one of five answers that I've had so far. So, oh, what have you had aside from that? In French, we said Dune, and in English, I said Dune. But I mispronounce uh, uh, everything in English. So, my English is so bad, so don't count. Uh, you should uh, listen to. Here you're talking to Timothy Dune. Chalamet and Dennis Villeneuve. I'm a Dune. I'm a Duna, as an Australian. A Dune. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah. Trying to figure out if there's a on it. Dune or Dune? Dune. Yeah, Dune. I think it's Dune. Are you? What, 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 your team? What? What is that? Australia. Okay, no, no, but I mean, are your team Dune or Dune? Oh, D Y Dune, Dune. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like, sounds like a month. Oh, okay. we actually covered this. So she goes through. She talks to just about everybody in the movie and yeah. asks them that question. How do, How do you say Dune? these four letters? D U N E. Yeah. And there are apparently many ways to say the word that we just say Dune. Yeah. And as you listen I through really that, thought of that, neither had I. And I, I mean, I clicked on this. Because I thought, how many options are there? And then I realized as I listened, there's a trillion different options. And here in the States, we just simply say Dune. Yeah. 
I will say the way Timothy Chalamet was speaking, it almost sounded like he was saying Dune or like do like D E W N versus just D O O N. Yeah. Well, then there's Dune, but then there's another way of saying it, almost like if I said, "Would you do this for me?" Would you? June. Yeah. And then, okay, as I was watching this video, which, by the way, goes on for three and a half minutes, yeah. it got to the point that I was listening to the words so much. Like, I don't know what the right way is. It was a nonsense word, and I didn't care anymore. Yeah. But just rest assured, there's many, many different ways to say Dune. She, um, the, the interviewer, the reason she brought it up to them, the reason it became a, a, a even a conversation point Mm -hmm. was because she led a book club where they were reading the book Dune, which is what the movie is based on. Yeah. And because there were so many people from all different areas in that book club, they They started to realize they were saying it differently. And that's why it became a conversation. And in the movie, there's so many people from different regions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All different English speaking and maybe not English as their primary language speaking Um, actors and actresses funny you should say that because for example javier bardem who is french uh he says i think i'm gonna make i'm gonna butcher it but it's like something like dune or something like that he's from spain oh my gosh sorry they say he says dune or something like that and then there's i mean there really are so many people from so many places yeah well it's this. also a weird word like and it's not a word that we say all that commonly Ever. i would imagine i mean i Unless really you're don't going to the indiana dunes and then you're like dunes yeah okay so i did have a question for you about this because i was not here on friday and i know that you talked to oh, our friend paul mcguire grimes and um i assume or I assume <laughs> that you asked him assume. about the movie Dune. I did, and we talked about it briefly. I think he'll probably give a full meal deal review when it's set to right before the theatrical release, because he saw, obviously, the uh, preview. Sure. And he loved it. He didn't go into much detail, because, frankly, I also didn't want him to spoil anything, but he was very, very vocally supportive of this film and said, this is the kind of film that you want to see in the theater because it's so sweeping and it it just is an experience. So for that, I'm grateful and very much looking forward. The, the one thing he also focused on, and now I'm giving you two things, so that means he did more than one thing, but another thing that he focused on was... The depth and breadth of the world building that this film does, which mm-hmm. is very important to those of us who love science fiction, because sometimes science fiction movies don't think very carefully about the worlds they're presenting, and it just comes across as like kind of, you know, fake, schlocky, mm-hmm. not very deep. But he said that this this film does a great job of world building, which in the world of science fiction is important because it gives you an impression of... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Believability and reality, so you feel immersed into a space mm-hmm. and you kind of are buying everything they're laying out, but that takes a lot of work. Frank Herbert, who you know wrote Dune, did a very good job of of making that possible. But it's another thing for a filmmaker to pull it off. So that makes me happy that it sounds like Denis Villeneuve uh, very well does the, does that. It's interesting that you say. So I'm, this is on such a smaller scale. So please don't think I'm trying to compare apples and apples. But I was having this conversation with my kids because we were watching The Hunger Games. Yeah, and because I read the book of The Hunger Games, you understand. You have the written word does a better job of describing for you, especially in a post-apocalyptic kind of world, what happened to get them there and building you like building for you the history Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily get really quickly in a movie. And so you have to into it a lot when you're watching it in a movie. And, and, um, and I found myself when we were watching the hunger games, like pausing it and explaining things that I knew because I had read the books that my kids didn't know in the movies, but it sounds like, it sounds like, uh, in Dune or June or June, depending on how you want to say it or Dune that, uh, that they, that, that they took all of that into account in order to help, I think that what what you the world what it sounds like you're saying is that what Hunger Games wasn't able to do the um, yes Dune is able to do and it's because you shouldn't have to have read the book if they do a good job and, right. and the analogy that that Paul McGuire Grimes made if I remember correctly was Star Wars in that you know Star Wars just presents this universe that you immediately Are feel like you can in. jump into yeah so that gives me hope yeah it's um Hopefully you'll get a review, probably while I'm gone, but in the next week or so, I would imagine. Well, we will hold it tight for you until you come back, because I know you're very excited for the movie June. 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 When we come back now, you guys, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to tell you about celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags. We're going to tell you about them after this on My Talk 107.1. Positive, I'm sure. Hey. hey, um, it is that time on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer, where we highlight for you the celebrities behaving badly. We have a name for them, and that name is D to the Bergs. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of, of the, the Day. day. Bradley You're welcome. Who's your D bag? Um, look. I want to. Kanye West. Oh, what did he do now? Yeah, well, remember yesterday he unfollowed Kim Kardashian on Insty? I do remember that. He followed her again. What? What are you doing? I mean, are we 12? Yeah. Not even, I don't even think 12, first of all, 12-year-olds aren't on Instagram. They better on TikTok. Some are. Um, I'm just saying, I, I don't feel like 12-year-olds engage in this behavior as much as grown 
for adults in the form of, in this case, Kanye West, who thanks Us Weekly for giving us the social media beat, Meredith, if indeed that is your actual name. But I guess everybody has a job to do, and she's telling us that Kanye's doing it for the gram and recently made a major change to his social media presence and eagle-eyed fans caught him following his estranged wife once again also can we just lump into this category all of the people who were like i gotta see if kanye is following kim again okay i'm glad you said that i don't care there you don't get like an alert when somebody unfollows I will say in in this well, I guess you could like search somebody's follows, right? Like, so if you really yeah, no, you have to work for it. You do have to work for it. I will say Kanye makes it easy because I think he follows like twelve people right, or something. True. So, but regardless, then I just want to point the finger at Kanye and say, what are we doing? Yes, I know, I know. I hear the Team Cobra audience out there yelling. Nothing is real and everyone smokes. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. Literally. I understand how this works. Get your t-shirts at brazenginger.com. Thank you. I understand how this works, but I don't understand who... It's not Kanye. No. Because Kanye doesn't control his Instagram No, agreed. 100%. This is is, um, Trish. Over at celebrityforthegram.com, who manages his socials. He should really look into changing the name. That's not a very catchy name. Just saying. Does tell you what it is, but come on. Yeah. And then it's the editor at Us Magazine that is telling Meredith, Meredith, you're on the Kim and Kanye social media beat, so you need to be looking for these things all the time Mm -hmm. and then report on them when they happen. And she is sitting at a desk hitting refresh. Click. Click. Refresh. Click. Refresh. Click. Refresh. Um, anyway, and then we get this whole story about nothing because it's just, it tells us the thing in like two words, like he's following her again. Great. Great. And then it goes on to talk about since calling it quits, Kardashian has continued to be her strange hus- husband's biggest fan by showing up at it. So basically just like t- trying to tell us nothing while telling us absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that end, I, whoever made this story a thing, I'm done with you for right now. And if you want to talk to me again, you're going to have to give me a really good reason why we should talk because I'm really just not here for this kind of lazy stuff. Because also what could that possibly mean? Like Kanye is like scrolling through his Instagram. Like I'm going to unfollow her because I just want her to learn a lesson Mm -hmm. or I want people to understand I am done. And then like, but maybe not like I don't as, as petty as Kanye probably can be. I don't feel like he's the one descending to this level of pettydom uh, for the gram. I have to really quickly tell you, because I was going to tell you this a little bit later when we talk about the Met Gala, but it doesn't matter that much. I just wanted to tell you this thing that last night at the Met Gala, you know, Kim Kardashian uh, showed up in like a body stocking. Don't even get me started. Holly liked it, and I'm not here for We'll talk about it later. We'll get you started. We'll put a nickel in you later about that. (laughs) But there was a man next to her dressed similarly. And I was like, who's the guy, though? And my husband goes, well, obviously, that's Kanye. And I whipped my head around. Mm, And I go, no. no." There's no way. I go, they're getting divorced. And my husband goes, what? When did that happen? people right now. You guys, get with the probe. Okay. The, the tr- Prog? I was saving time by a brief. <laughs> okay. Wasn't that like an Irish band from the 80s? No, that's the Pogues, but close. Okay. 
Anyway, the moral of the story is, yeah, I get it. People don't understand how the world really works. I blow their minds constantly at the gym when they're like, what's going on with that Britney Spears? And I'm like, really? Let really? me tell you. But she's free now, right? <gasps> no, you guys, stay with it. Come yeah, on. I, but see, this is why the Team Cobra listener is exceptional. Thank you. Because they, High marks. they are doing the master's level work. It's true. That their friends and family are not. Pick up your degree to the right of the stage. That degree sit. ain't worth nothing. It's not going to set yourself free. And it ain't going to sure. cancel your student loans. So no. continue. No. Who's your D bag? Oh, wait. Did you finish telling your story? Yeah, that's it. That's okay. all. That's all. So the, it was the guy, by the way, well, closing the loop, the guy was the designer of the dress from Balenciaga. Um, but it was not Kanye West. And also, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> I don't. Mine is like a. Is this a d bag? Let's let's work through this together this as a, a family. D-bag? Is this a d bag? And if so, who's the d bag? Okay. So this is sort of a leftover from the uh, the VMAs on Sunday night. Hmm. Um, Jennifer Lopez, aka Jenny from the Block, uh, appeared to present on stage, and as the camera does, the appeared camera pan- to present. Appeared. Oh, like she appeared. She appeared. Not like she seemed to present. No, she. She appeared appeared on stage. I think she was presenting. (laughs) It appeared as though what she was doing was presenting. No, she appeared on stage to present an award at or an award at the VMAs. And the camera did what the camera does, and it pans the crowd, and it gets to Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas, who are sitting together, and Phineas is clapping away, and what is Billie Eilish doing? Twiddling her thumbs and making absolutely no expression with her face. Okay. She looks not even a little bit impressed. She doesn't clap. She... Like, has absolutely no reaction. She doesn't flinch. There's nothing. And people noticed and memed it. So now it's making the rounds on the internet. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. That is my question. Uh, Do you want my opinion or do you? What's your opinion? I don't, I mean, okay, here's my real opinion. Okay. If, if there's no visible beef, Like, if we don't know that Put there's that something there, away, man. right? Like, the, and you choose not to clap, then it does look a little d baggy. It appears d baggy. It makes people ask questions. Why, why you didn't clap for uh, J Lo? Because yeah. it's J Lo yeah. and she's J Lo and she's fabulous. Clap your Almost hands. Almost clap for J Lo. Clap your hands. It looks a little d baggy. But again, I don't know. Is there beef? If there is, it's invisible beef. I don't know what the beef is. Where Where is is the beef? It's a Wonder Woman uh, promotion at Arby's. Yeah, invisible beef. It looks a little d baggy, though. Your thoughts? You know, my reaction is this is totally. This is just. This is. This is lazy journalism. Mm. This is because this always happens. I wish there was a a term for this behavior. Mm -hmm. It's the reaction shot that doesn't line up with what's happening on stage. Right. And then everybody's like, ooh, Taylor Swift hates whoever. Yeah. Or Billie Eilish hates J-Lo. She's like, ooh. Super beef. And look, super beef. That was a Nicki Minaj song? Yeah, super beef. It's a great one, too. Um, Don't even get me started. (laughs) Oh. Please, because I got a super beef. I mean... That's, we got time. I don't know if we do. But anyway, moral of the story is 
sure. I mean, it's totally possible that the camera caught this, you know, the real the real thoughts that Billie Eilish is having in, in real public, time about live in front of everyone about that she's Jenny from the block. pretending to not have the uh, like if Billie Eilish didn't like the fact that Jennifer Lopez was there. I mean, I, I guess like, sure, but it just seems like it's just because the camera cut away right? and she probably wasn't paying attention, which you and I both understand. Like there are times when I'm like looking off to the side because, you know, basically you and I and Holly on YouTube mm-hmm. for the radio station is basically like being on the VMAs. But there are times exactly when you're same. making faces and I'm looking off to the side mm-hmm. and you're like, you're not looking at me make you faces. I didn't say that right. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm like, if that any, is probably how I say it. Somebody mm-hmm. could judge that by watching right. it and go, "Ooh, he's not acknowledging right. her face." Right. Take screenshot. Well, I of was that. literally reading because you can't see what else is going on. Right. Outside it, of this camera, isn't yeah. this all part of Billie Eilish's persona? Well, that's the other thing. Is yeah, like that she's just sort of like apathetic and like whatevs. Yeah, well, I was going to say also a Gen. What is she? Gen, Gen Z, Z. Yep. a Gen Z not being interested in Jenny from the block. I mean, that's like her grandma's. Right. Like J Lo right. is not her generation. Yeah. Right. It's like Jennifer Lopez to Billie Eilish is Barry Manilow to us. <laughs> yeah, that's so sad. It's so sad, but it's true. We're so old. But also, and, and also, all the people out there were like, thing. "Who's Barry Manilow?" And I'm gonna say this, and I know you're gonna make fun of me, but there are times Tom when you just Jones. aren't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't you say a word. Well, no, I thought that's what you were going to say. No, what I was going to say was uh, in the in the on the topic of clapping <laughs> is that sometimes you just don't feel like clapping. Like sometimes you're going to let the rest of the crowd well, carry it for all you. Night. It's fine. Exactly. You get tired of it. You're like, I just did that. Well, I don't I'm not going to make again. fun of that. I'm all here for not clapping. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I will. There have been but times. Like, ooh, how dare like, you not clap you, for Jenny from the block? If you dropped a camera on me at a musical, you'd there be picking are your times, nose. Maybe there are times that other people be clapping and I'm just not. And it's not because I didn't like the song. It's just because everybody else is clapping just fine. I don't need to help yeah, right it's, now. It's a performance that is yes. not that should not be expected. It is now that said, mm-hmm. we would say to the celebrity because this is what we do for a living. Did you not know there were cameras on you, honey? Right. Did you not know you were going to get caught up in this moment? And that's the thing. Is So that's where I, I go back to my previous statement. It does look a little D-baggy. But, but to the point that you made, I think, during the Dirt mm-hmm. Alert with Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish does not care what you True. think about True. whether or not she clapped for Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. I do like that about her. Yeah, which, I mean, that's just her choice, and I'm, I'm here for that. I would clap for Jennifer Lopez and fully go on air the next day and talk all sorts of conspiracy theories about what I think is actually going on. Also, so I can do two things in once out of my mouth at the same time. Not well, maybe. But anyway, the moral of the story is I did want to take that moment then to congratulate Jennifer Lopez because as much crap as we give her for trying to manufacture all this attention, do you realize what she did in like a 48-hour period? She, yeah. she has done it all. Oh, yeah. She was in Italy. Yep. At, I think, the Venice Film Festival, mm-hmm. after having come back for a brief period of time from, I think, Italy, if not the Mediterranean. Yes. She was in Italy. They were in Italy. So that happened. And then she fully went to the VMAs. Yep. Without Ben Affleck, and, by the way. And the Met Gala. Without Ben Affleck, also. Well, he showed up he later. Was there. They were smooching with their masks on. Of yeah. course. Oh, he was wearing oh, a tux. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Look. But the moral of the story is that, and I mean this with all, like, you know, biatch, this woman, she, like, gets it done. And yeah. so I do want to just, for as much crud as we sling her way in terms of, like, how she's trying to control her publicity narrative, that's just what we do with celebrities. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, her work ethic. Yeah. Oh, she's she hustling. is a hustler. Yeah, respect. Yeah. You know what? Oh, we'll clap for her. Oh, we'll clap for that. Yeah. If that woman came on stage right now, I, I would, would clap. clap. <laughs> also, do kids even clap? Did they? I mean, is that a thing? Or did they? Have they moved on? No, I'm, I'm assuming they do that like weird light up sneaker TikTok dance or something. Like, there's got to be some. They've moved on. They, they've got something else. Yeah, they do. They're not I, doing you know, the like. Sometimes clap I in snap, but thing. they all look at me weird when I do that. You a, you a beatnik? Yeah, sure. Why not? Hey, man. Far out. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, we got to get some double nasties. That's all I'm going to say. Double nasties. Double nasties. Keeping helping. After this. On My Talk 1071. D bag double down, double nasties on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Let's do it. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Double. That's nasty. Yeah, double that's mm. nasty. Um, because I have two... That's nasty nasty. <laughs> I have got a Prince nasty. I got a Kevin Spacey nasty. I figured we could just throw these two stories together in a segment um, because, well, they're both nasty and might as well rip the nasty Band-Aid off. First, let's start with uh, Anthony Rapp's lawsuit against Kevin Spacey because it's actually begun, and I'm very excited about this because Ke- uh, Anthony Rapp, rather, will have his day in court... And um, you'll remember that our good friend, Kevin Spacey, by good friend, I mean disgusting, nasty pants, has tried to make a comeback. So I kind of feel like this is perfect timing for this case to begin, Mm -hmm. because right at the moment that Kevin Spacey seems to be putting out these attempts to bring back his career, the world is reminded of exactly what he is accused of. And again, just to remind you guys, Anthony Rapp was, I think, the first person publicly to accuse Kevin Spacey of that inappropriate sexual conduct. Right. Which took place back in the 80s, 1986 to be specific, when Anthony was 14 and um, Kevin was 26. And we've talked about this on the show because it's just been disgusting ever since. Mm Mm-hmm. We discussed how disgusting it was. Exactly. We discussed the disgusting that he was invited to a party, Anthony was, by Kevin Spacey. And at one point, Kevin Spacey picked him up, put him on a bed, and climbed on top of him, making a sexual advance, quote unquote. Rap says he was able to escape to his bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here was the other thing that I thought was interesting in the pretrial. Uh, the pre-trial uh, whatchamahoosits have begun. I don't remember the technical term. Right. Pre-trial we, I think we situation. can just say pre-trial has started. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, part of this trial was, or part of this case also involves the person, a co-defendant known only as C.D. Now, this person was a student of Kevin's in the 80s who alleged that the actor engaged in sex with him and tried to do some other things that I won't read on the air when he was about 14. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Why? Because that's the exact same age that Anthony Rapp was. Ding, ding, ding. 
Um, so that would maybe indicate a pattern of behavior. Sure. Now, this also is the individual whose criminal allegations against Kevin Spacey were not allowed to proceed. Why? I'm trying to remember why that was. Because he wouldn't name himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the, the judge ruled in that case okay. that if you want to pursue criminal charges against Kevin Spacey, you need to identify yourself. Is that because the statute of limitations was up and he was no longer protected as a juvenile? Maybe. Okay. I was just curious I don't if know, we knew. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. I'm I, I have not delved that deep. I don't remember the exact reason, but what I will say is that um what's also interesting is Kevin Spacey's like kind of a I don't know what the analogy is, but like a cat with nine lives or something, Mm -hmm. a nasty cat with nine lives. Mm -hmm. Because you'll remember other people who have accused him have had their suits dropped either because of like weird technicalities. Like remember the guy at the bar whose mom like made him erase a bunch of messages on his phone. And then the judge was like, yeah, so you can't do that. And so you can't bring your case. But then like somebody died. Yep, there was a that was a woman. Well, there's two people who died. Oh, that's One was right. a woman who was like was weirdly... crossing the street and like got hit by a car. <laughs> it's like out of a movie. It's like out of House of Cards. Sorry. Frankly. Uh, you're not gonna watch it. I'm just saying you've watched it, but like if you haven't yeah, watched yeah. it and spoiling things, you're not gonna watch it. So anyway, the the thing that's awesome about this case is that it involves two people, they have similar stories, mm. and it's a civil lawsuit. And who knows what will happen ultimately, but at least the world will be reminded at this time when Kevin Spacey is trying to make a a comeback or at least not forget. Right. Like he should have to account for those allegations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, uh, I kind of just want to move on because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I want you to move on because I want to make sure we get to the other. That's nasty. nasty. Prince Andrew, he has an attorney now, you guys. (laughs) That's Um, nasty. He basically has gotten his own attorney now. And the attorney's like, yeah, guess what? This is not a legal claim. You did not execute the... Serving? Serve. I almost said cease and desist. The Mm -hmm. servitude correctly. And um, also, this particular case might not be legal for a bunch of legal uh, legalese reasons. But I do find this interesting because this is the first attempt. And it's an attorney who... For on the part, like this is a f- the first acknowledgement in public to the charges that his attorneys have made directly. Um, and the attorney questioned the legality of the lawsuit. So, I mean, it's not like he's saying this is a legitimate lawsuit. But, it, but in saying that this particular lawsuit is questionable, uh-huh. at least he's, he's acknowledging, acknowledging that, that it exists. Thing, yeah. Right? And it has to do with, it says basically um, her claim might be barred by a secret settlement agreement that she signed years ago in connection with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. So that may be why it's not ultimately um, allowed. But the fact that you have a lawyer for Prince Andrew in Manhattan court telling a judge why or why not this case deserves to be heard or not, that... That acknowledges that the case actually exists. right? Yeah, which is a departure from uh, Prince Nasty acting like Yeah, like he's a magician and trying to make himself disappear. Right. (laughs) To a different country. Yeah. Where he can't be served. I don't know what you're talking about. This is not... What? Who am I? Where? So wait, so one of the so one of the allegations is that they weren't that that this wasn't served properly? Yes. 
Mm. That they didn't follow the proper procedure. I mean, we did have questions about that. I mean, it's true. Mm-hmm. But like, nice try. Try to get off on a technicality. Right. I mean, that's the American way. But thank you. We're still watching you, Prince Nash. But you're not in America. Thank you. <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got a question for you. That question is, what's your favorite fall treat? 651-641-1071. We'll take your calls after this.